Yo, this is Pastor Teeter here welcoming you to another episode of my revolutionary podcast. I'm here to help you find faith in Christ and how to follow through with your life. And we're looking at wrapping up this year, looking at different disciplines, spiritual disciplines that should mark the life of every single believer. This is what it looks like to follow through as we follow Jesus. Very elementary, basic stuff. And we're looking at Jesus' teaching on these things as he brings a warning with an instruction, with the invitation to make sure that we understand the whole purpose behind it all. And today we're going to look at something super foundational, super important. And yet we're also going to look at how we get it wrong. And it is praying. Praying is so basic. We all do it. Yet at the same time, we all mess up and we don't all do it right. And so let's see what Jesus has to say about this. Today, guys, my my biggest heart is is a lot of what I was just praying about right now is what do we do today until that one day? What do we do today until that one day when we will see God face to face? Now, if you've ever, some of y'all have been married, you've been through this process. If you haven't been married, I'm pretty sure there's days that you were excited about. Let's probably use, I know everyone's on break right now, maybe Christmas break, but this is for students. Just imagine first day of school. That's the closest maybe equivalent to non-married folk. But when you're married and you know that date is set, what are you doing? Aren't you doing things until that one day? Maybe you're getting finances in order, right? Maybe you're reading books, shedding some weight. I don't know, right? You're doing something, right? You're doing something in order to prepare for that one day. And listen, for everybody, if you remember first day of school vibes, first day of school feelings, you know, you're getting ready. What's my calculating? What's my fit going to be for day one? What am I going to wear? No, not those shoes. No, that that don't look. Those socks don't match with this one. No, and, you know, make sure you got that right haircut, that right this, that all that. You prepare for that one day because that one day is important, right? As believers in Christ Jesus, listen, it's the same thing. Here's the thing, though. We don't know what that one day is. We don't know when that one day that Jesus will return. We're supposed to be found busy and not busy work, but actually active, doing, anticipating, The best way to approach it, guys, is listen, I'm telling you right now, we all need to live like God's going to show up today, but we need to plan and prepare like if he's going to take 100 years. That's how we all should live in that way. And so we're doing a sermon series right now on that, on spiritual disciplines, on the basics. What are those things that we are supposed to do while we are waiting for that one day? And a lot of these things, some of you know them, and but we're, we're going back to the basics to make sure, let us reflect on the things that you think you know about, and let's really examine our hearts, let's really examine the process so that we can continue to learn and grow. Because listen, even I, I, I don't care how much time I spend in God's word, praying and reading, I'm still learning some stuff. And so today we're going to talk about something very basic and something very powerful, something very important, something that is slept on a lot, and it is prayer. We're going to focus on that. What to pray. How do you pray? The motivations behind it all. And so we're doing a, we're wrapping up this series with a mini series of three things that Jesus talked about sequentially in Matthew chapter six. That's what we're going to look at today. And so Jesus was giving a lesson on how we ought to live and what that, what that looks like, what a relationship with God looks like. And he talks about that and he says these three things. He talks about our attitude towards giving and our attitude towards prayer. And then last week, well, next week, we're going to wrap this up with fasting. And so all of these things, especially when it comes to prayer, let me repeat something from last week. It's this, all things that we do, especially praying should be done as a response to God. 
We pray because of what he has done and what he's shown us. We do not pray to get a response from God, and we should not pray in order to get a response from people. That's what Jesus was really kind of going after. And so prayer is something that we all do. We all share. We all have this in common. I know this about you because I'm a person and I'm human. So are you. All right. Prayer is something that is very natural, right? Do you notice that? It's natural across continents, across history, across religions and backgrounds, colors and creeds. Everybody has this expression of prayer. Prayer is very natural. I mean, even atheists pray. Let's just be real. Everybody, even people who do not believe in God, they pray. Or maybe it's at the last moment when they have no other choice but to what am I going to pray to now? Let me just throw one last Hail Mary out here just in case you're there. You know, I don't know. I mean, so even all those people, we all pray. Everybody prays because there's this deep rooted need. We all recognize that there is something outside of me. I don't have the answer for. I don't have the ability to. So prayer is like a lifeline. Prayer is like me reaching out saying to someone higher, more superior. I need you. All right. That's what prayer is right at its root. It's deep. It's, it's kind of rooted in some kind of a need for wisdom, need for strength, need for my football team to win today. Right. How many of us have ever, Oh, Jesus, please take out the other quarterback. Right. Oh, you know, whatever. And we all pray because we all know we do not have an ability. It's not in here. So we look outside of ourselves. So we pray, but we also all struggle with prayer. Listen, I'm, I'm, let me a guilty pleasure as a pastor. It, I'm tired of it, but then at the same time, I'm not, and this never gets old. You, you guys should see my, my perspective. When, I, when I'm, I'm in a group of people, I'm in a group of people, and I say, all right, guys, let's all pray. Uh, Emily, I need you to pray. And, uh, you know, I need you to pray. And, I, and I, I put it on somebody. It's like they react like, oh, my gosh, like, I'm, if I fail, I'm going to die. Like, their eyes get so big. They stop breathing. Their hearts... <laughs> And the heart starts pounding, like, me? Like, anybody ever been that? Like, when you've been asked to pray publicly in front of other people, anyone ever panicked? All right, had a little minor panic attack? I know I'm not the only one. I've seen it. Oh, to me, it's hilarious when I'm like, oh, my gosh. All right, here you go. All right, chill out, really. Um, but at the same time, I'm sick and tired of that. It's funny, but at the same time, I'm, I'm sick of it. Because if you are panicking when you pray, it's because you don't understand who you're really praying to at all. You don't have zero, you have zero clue of what praying is. If you panic in prayer, in public prayer, you have no clue because you think you're, you're God, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, say something that it's going to upset him. I'm not going to get it right. Or what if I sound like an idiot in front of everybody? I'm, I'm going to go after y'all already three minutes in. If you are panicking when you pray in public, you are being selfish and prideful. Get over yourself. Is it too early already to go at y'all? Is it, am I, y'all good? Y'all wake uh, online? I can lob that bomb from there. I'll hit you. Don't worry. I can see you. I can still see you. Y- y'all, y'all caught me on that? If you are panicking when you pray in public, it is because your view of God is too small and your view of you is too big. Your focus is wrong. We have a problem when we pray. And here's the other one. It's, that's one thing when we pray and we freak, out, we freak out. The other time we have a problem with prayer is when you don't get what you want. You do, you pray, and God does not answer the way you wanted him to. God does not come through. You feel like he's being quiet, all these things. By the way, I want you to know that God answers every prayer. 
He answers every prayer with a yes, with a no, and with a later, okay? All of them. He answers every prayer the right way. But we all, a lot of people struggle with prayer because they struggle with the results. They don't know what to do. I mean, we kind of act sometimes. We get uppity with God. Like if you're that guy at a restaurant and the waiter brings you the wrong thing. Please, anybody here online, every, who's the person that if your order is wrong, you're going to be like, excuse me? The whole room tenses up now, right? Everybody at the table, I'm like, oh, no, here we go. This, I, I ordered shrimp with my um, pasta. I count three shrimp. I think I'm supposed to have four, right? Anybody been like that? And what do you do? Take it back and bring it back. Thank you. You talk about faith. That's a lot of faith to be able to let somebody say you did it wrong. Come back again with better food. That's a lot of faith that they're not going to jack up your food. I'm just saying, all right? That's a lot of faith. But anybody, and let's be real, anybody that person, anybody that type of person? Yep. Hey, if I'm ordering food, hey, no, no shame, no shame. If I order food, I'm paying money for it. I want it right. I want my wings crispier, all right? I want this. I want that. I'm going to send it back. If you hate it, you're like, that's like the worst. I'm like, oh, no, now they're going to mess up my food. They're going to ruin my food because they hate you. Stop it. Leave it alone. I don't want the drama. I just wanted to go out to eat, right? Listen, people act like that towards God all the time. Um, Excuse me, God, this is not what I prayed for. I didn't pray for this. Take it back, fix it, and uh, give it back to me when you're done, when it's better. Guys, people do that all the time. They're like, God, this is not what I prayed for. I'm giving it back to you. Try again. Try harder. It's a big deal. That's why we have problems with prayer because of that. But listen, the the biggest problem behind it, guys, that we have is really they're both rooted in the same thing. It's the purpose. It's our view of it. So Jesus actually talks about this. He helps us to understand what is the purpose of prayer? How do you do it? What's the process of prayer? And ultimately, prayer is not done to get stuff. It's to you get to spend time with God. It's not about getting stuff. It's about spending time with him. So let's look at Matthew chapter 6. We're going to look at verse, verse 5 through 8 first, and then 9 through 15. So we're going to have it on screen for everybody that's online and, and here that doesn't have a Bible. Um, you got your notes uh, as well. You can go to tabernacleofgod.church. I got all the verses there and some notes on the message tab. Just click that, and you can follow along. That's going to come in handy in a little bit. So Jesus, in Matthew chapter 6, he talks about giving. And, he, and so giving is this outward act, obviously, right? We are giving to somebody else. I'm doing a good deed. And so giving is... Is, is how we reflect a generous God. But praying is not an outward deed. Prayer is an inward deed in which we get to reconnect with a living God. And so let's read verse five through eight, and we're gonna walk through this. So God says, Jesus says, whenever you pray, note he's using also the same word that he did or when you give, when you give, when you pray. Does this sound like God is giving us a suggestion? Is he saying, listen, if you ever feel like giving at some point, if you ever feel like praying, No, he's saying when you do. So there's an expectation from God in order to do these practices of giving and praying. So he says, whenever you pray, you must not, let's look at the negatives. You must not be like the hypocrites because they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the street corners. They love to be seen by people. Truly, I tell you, they have their reward. But when you pray, Go into your private room, shut your door, pray to your father who is in secret, and your father who sees in secret will reward you. Whenever you pray, don't babble like the Gentiles, non-believers, non-Jews do, since they imagine they'll be heard by their many words. 
Don't be like them because your father knows the things you need before you ask. Let's pause there for a second. And we're going to keep going on the next. So notice that God, let's not get it lost that Jesus is helping us to want to understand how to pray. You know what that means? God, you need to let, you need to let this one sink in. The fact that Jesus is being so technical, he's giving us positive examples and negatives. Do this. Don't do this to give us a good idea. Why? Because the God of the universe wants to hear your voice. Can you just pause and reflect on that for a second? God himself, the God of the universe, the creator God wants to hear your voice. He wants to spend time with you. Do not let that subtle thing get lost in the sauce. He wants to spend time with you. And so he's trying to help us to understand all of these things. So the first thing that Jesus does, he kind of gives us a negative. Like he's trying to warn us, warn us against performative prayer, pray, using prayer as some kind of performance. You caught that, right? He says, don't be like these guys, the religious leaders that Jesus, these are the people that uh, at the time where Jesus is making fun of really kind of highlighting saying, if anybody would have put money on who knows how to pray and who prays the best prayers, it would have been this religious people that Jesus is talking about. And Jesus is saying, yeah, no, don't, not like them. Don't pray like them. That's like the worst way you can pray. The, 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 the scandal of that statement. I mean, the hush of the, of the crowd should have been insane because he is literally calling out the sacred cows of their culture. And so he's saying, yeah, don't pray like that because yeah, it sounds beautiful. It sounds powerful. You may even be moved emotionally and moved by their words, but guess what? They are doing it to impress you. They are doing it in a way and they don't mean it. That's what he's saying. Like, God, I, this is why I want you to understand if you ever panic when it comes to praying, oh, I don't know. What do I say? What do I do next? How do I hold my hands? What kind of posture and position should I be? And God is saying, forget that because you are thinking in the same way these guys are thinking. How can I do this in a better way so I don't look stupid in front of people and in front of God? And he's like saying, even the best ones at it look dumb. The best ones at it are not doing it right. So it's the power behind prayer is not your words or not your process, your performance, your, your vocal intonation, your, 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 your taglines, whatever you use. It has nothing to do with that. So Jesus is saying, listen, these guys, they are praying to get a response from people. They don't love me. They're not talking to me because they love me. No, they love the fact that you That's why they pray. They love, they are using you. These religious people, they are using you to feel better about themselves. They are using you. Don't pray like these people. Don't, don't pray to get a response from people like that. Impress people. God is not impressed. And notice he says, and don't even pray like these other people. They keep on babbling and yeah, blah, 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 using all these phrases, thinking that by their many words, they're going to be heard. See? He's saying, don't, get a, don't worry about praying to get a response from people and don't worry about praying so perfectly that uh, it's like you're trying to crack some code. Like if I say this right, you know, you ever had to use those, those little locks like, you know, 5, 14, 24, and you have to like do it in a certain sequence in order to open a lock. Some people think prayers like that, like I got to say it like this and do it like that and wave my hands and then I get what I want from God. No. Okay, that is not how you do it. It's not. And then the mindless babble is another one, guys. Like God is not like, oh, okay, uh, okay. 
I, I, I got, okay, oh my gosh. All right, mindless babble, that's the word though, mindless. You're saying all this stuff, but you don't mean it. It's like you're on autopilot. It's like you're on cruise control when you pray. Your heart is not in it. You're saying everything you need to say, but your mind is off and your heart is disconnected. That is not how you pray. Now, let me stop because I actually had a conversation with somebody. Uh, Michael was asking me a question when he came across this. Somebody from our church, one of our young adults, he said, wait a minute, this sounds a little funky though. Is God saying that we're not allowed to pray in public? No, he's not. Well, we prayed in public today. Emily's prayed, I've prayed. We've prayed in public today. Jesus is not saying it's wrong to pray in public. What he's saying is if you pray in public, you don't do it to impress God or people. Anybody tracking? Y'all good. And then the other thing is this, don't go on talking aimlessly, endlessly. And so the question, is, am I, is it okay to pray for something more than once? Is, is that okay? Is God saying, well, no, it, it, I got it, bro. You prayed it for a, a month ago. I, I got it. I heard you. I don't forget. Shh, move on to the next thing. No, guys, God is not saying, Jesus is not saying it's bad to pray repetitive prayers, meaning, God, I, I'm praying for a friend, and I'm still praying today, and I'm still praying today. That's okay. Jesus actually talks about persistent prayer is good because you mean it. It's in your heart. You're connected. He's just not talking about throwing up words like just, okay, it has nothing to do with, I feel like I'm just going through a ritual. Yada, 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 yada. No, don't pray like that. Don't pray like that. And it's also all actually okay. Let me add this. That are okay to recite. Jesus is not saying, we're going to talk about the Lord's prayer in a second. So some people like to pray the Lord's prayer. God, Jesus is not saying if somebody has written down a prayer, don't read it. If it's not coming from you, Don't say it. No, it's okay to read old prayers. Guys, that's actually one of the coolest things I've started to do lately. I'm upset that it's taken me so much time. I've I've bought this book and I keep on looking at old prayers that have been written down that are 400 years old, 500 years old, 600 years old. And those prayers are so powerful that it actually, I can pray those prayers when I'm reading it. And, And even guys, I want you to know, you know, the Bible is full of prayers that you can pray, that you can repeat, but it's not about just saying, our God, it's our heaven, hallowed be thy name, your kingdom come, your will be done. And you're not just saying things and because you read it and you said it, it counted. No. Does it come from here? Y'all following me? Is it coming from here? So it's okay to do these things. And so he's just talking about, yo, don't impress God. Don't worry about that. Notice he said the one thing, when you pray, make sure to go to a private room and shut your door. Now, this is a good habit that you and I need to have. There's some people, let me warn you, there's some people that, ooh, they sound pretty when they pray, but the only time they pray is when they're in front of people. They don't pray when they're with God. They only pray when they're in front of people. They only sing and worship when they're in front of people, not when they're alone. And that's what matters. And he says, listen, you need to have a habit of getting alone with God every single day to be in the secret. And he says, where your father is. This is what I said a minute ago, guys. God is waiting on you right now. He is waiting for you to take one step closer to him. And he says, go to that room, have this place and shut the door. That's an important thing that so many of us don't do. When you try to pray and spend undivided, unattended, you know, this undivided attention with God, you need to be able to shut out all of the distractions. There needs to be a time. Listen, we all, we are called to interact and speak with God as believers. We ought to pray all day, 24 seven, but when we're sleeping, right? That's an interruption. You may be working, talking to a customer. That's an interaction. You may be talking to your wife, or your kids. You might, might watch a football game or a sport. That's okay. But the thing is that at some point you need to give God your undivided attention and it needs to be more than the 30 seconds before you eat. 
We good? You need to give him some quality time. Spend some quality time. And so you need to find a time, guys, when you can shut the door. Meaning, what are the distractions that are going to keep you from God? Maybe for some of you, it's shutting off your phone. Maybe for some of you, it's getting up early. This is what I like to do. I like to get up early before the whole house is awake. Before my kids are asking me for stuff. Before I love... No, it's going to sound before my wife asked for stuff. Listen, I love you doing stuff for you, baby. That's not the thing. All right. That's not it. But you feel me? I had to be careful. Did I save myself? Anyways. All right. So it's okay. There's a lot of demands before the phone starts to ring, before your boss gets on your case, before you're this, before you're that. You need to have a time, whether if it's early in the morning, in the middle of the day, at night, it doesn't matter. All you need to do is have that quality time. When I'm saying, I'm shutting my phone off. I'm shutting my focus off. I'm shutting every, I'm shutting the world out. God, I just want to be with you. You need that guys. We need that. We need that. And so he's trying to help us here. A lot of us, we don't like to, we have struggle. We struggle when we pray because there's so many things. My notifications went off. Oh, let me check Facebook real quick. Oh, let me check, you know, TikTok real quick. And there's so many distractions that we're not focused but I want you to know guys, when you pray, I want you to know that you're not alone. You may pray in solitude, but it doesn't mean you're alone because the father is there. I want you to know that when you pray, you're not just throwing up voicemail, you know, spiritual voicemails up to God and just waiting for him to answer. No, he is there. And so then Jesus doesn't just stop there. He says, let me go even further. Now you got some principles about focus and about your heart. Well, let's actually talk about what you need to say. And then he talks about the Lord's prayer. Let's fly through this. You're going to see something I've never seen before. Hopefully you've never seen it. So let's look at the next one. Let's look at nine through 15. Ready? Verse 9 through 15, y'all with me online, y'all with me? Everybody here, y'all with me? 9 through 15, let's look at this. So then he jumps into, now you know what to do. Now you know how to view God. Now you know the heart behind it. So let's talk about what do you say? Therefore, you should pray like this. There is a model that Jesus is going to show us. There's a way, every time you pray, there's certain pieces that should be in your prayers all the time. Let's talk about those. Pray like this. Our Father in heaven, your name be honored as holy. That's what hallowed be your name if you didn't know what hallowed means. Your, may your name be glory. May your name be praised. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us of our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And do not bring us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And then Jesus kind of adds the prayer, ends it, but then adds one little lesson in verse 14 and 15. says, for if you forgive others their offenses, your heavenly father will forgive you as well. But if you don't forgive others, your father will not forgive your offenses. Ooh, we're going to save that one for later, but uh, don't worry. I got you. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna circle back. All right, we're going to come back to that one. So let's look at these things. So I want you to catch two words. The very first two words that Jesus uses how to pray are huge, and they actually are anchored in everything else you're supposed to say. What are the first two words on the Lord's Prayer? Type it online. Say it with me. What are the first two words out of Jesus' mouth? Our Father, type it online. Say it one more time. What are those first two words? What? Our Father. Those two introductory words already set up the foundation for everything else you're going to say. Let's look at the first one. Our. Notice what he didn't say. My. So already when you pray, you ought to not just be thinking about you. I love the way Andy Stanley once put it. He says, if God answered all of your prayers from this last week, who other than you would be happy? Because our tendency is to 
pray about what I need, what I want. Me, 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 me. If God answered all those prayers, wow, I'd be happy. Who else would be? Okay. No, we are called to understand when you pray, you never lose sight of the hour, the community. Now that could mean that the fact that we should be praying together. You, if you're a believer in Christ Jesus, you should have a church fam that you're a part of. You should be praying uh, not just alone, but together in groups. That's important with someone else. Our father implies that prayer is not only meant to be private, but it is meant to be shared. Y'all follow me on that? You need people to pray with. And then at the same time, when you're praying alone, you never lose sight of the other. Notice how many times did Jesus use that plural or the, that pronoun? Uh, for feed us, give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us, deliver us. So even when you're praying for your own needs, you have on the back of your mind somebody else. And you're praying for other people, right? Y- y'all seeing that? That's important for us to understand that prayer is supposed to be not just private and solo, but you're connected to something else. And then the church as a whole, you should be thinking about them. And the other one is the other. What's the last word? The second word, our what? Our father. So meaning, listen, this is your dad. Understand this is your dad. And so it already means and it puts in your perspective, how should I approach my God? The way you would approach a parent that loves you, that's kind, that's good. A a parent is going to want you to be real with them. A parent's not going to want you to be fake. A parent is going to want you to be real, not play games. And so when you pray, it should come from that sincere place. You're not, you're thinking about others, but you know who your dad is. You know who your father is, and that's him. So did you guys catch that the prayer is actually broken up into two focuses? There's a focus on God, and then it shifts to a focus on people. That's, that should not shock some of you, because what does God tell us to do? But to love the Lord God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love others as I have loved you. The Ten Commandments are split up in the same way. The first five are vertical. The second five are horizontal. There's these two weights, two sides of the same coin. And when you pray, it's the same thing. So let's look at the first one, guys. There are actually three petitions that are directed towards God in verses 9 through 11. Can we put it back up? I want you to catch it. The first one is, be high, may your name be honored. That's, not a, that, that's actually a request. You're saying, God, I ask of you that your name be honored. I ask of you that your name be glorified, that people may know your name. That's what that means. Today, I was praying that today. And for you, all of you, knowing obviously I'm praying for this, but I pray it every Sunday and every day. God, may you be known. May people give you praise. May people come to know you and honor you and love you and surrender to you. That's what that statement is. Notice that at the beginning, it is all about the glory of God, not your good and benefit. This is why it is so important. So many of us, when we jump to prayers, we say, dear father, dear God, here's what I need. All right. And you just jump right into the situation. Oh my gosh. You know, the, you know, the person, that's what we do. We say our father, here's what I need. All right. It's like, daddy, I need $20, right? It's boom, right at it. No, you're missing out the best part of it. Notice that when he puts that first, it's not a mistake. Our prayers should always be anchored in the fact that, Lord, and and no matter what happens in my prayers, no matter what happens in my life, I want you to be glorified. I want you to be known. I want people, sinners, to be saved and know you. Y'all following me? Y'all feeling me with that? That's what he's saying. Our prayers should have that element that God should be glorified. Look at the other one, though. Your kingdom come. Be honored. May your kingdom come, your will be done. The kingdom of God is now focused on his purposes. 
What are your purposes in life, Lord? What are your purposes for the world? What are your purpose for my life? God's will, that's his plan. So Lord, not just your purpose for others, but what is your plan for my life? Guys, do you already focus? How many of you pray for these three things at all, ever? I want you, now I'm not saying that to make you feel bad. I'm just telling you, yo, you guys, this is what you've been missing. You've been missing this part. Jesus says, you need to pray like this. Pray, notice you put God first. It's about the glory of God, the purpose of God, the plans of God. Why is this step so important? Because you and I are selfish. This is why. And so when we pray with the focus on God, Lord, I want what you, before I ask you of anything, I got some wants, I got some needs. But before anything, I I want to put myself in a position of saying, Lord, ultimately though, you know what's best for me. Ultimately, I want what you want. Ultimately, I want you to guide me. I don't want you to co-sign on my decisions. I want to surrender to your will. Y'all, y'all tracking? That's key. When you skip that, you're treating God like if he's your servant. Like, you know, dear God, ding, 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 ding. Here's what I need from you today. Thank you. Like he's your butler. All right. It don't work that way. God's not just your buddy like that to bail you out. This is so important that we focus on the glory of God. How many of us ever pray for God's glory, for his purposes in the world, for your family, for his purposes, for this nation, that God's plans may be fulfilled and followed. This is a place of surrender. This is where we start. You start in surrender. And now when you positioned yourself in a place of surrender, now you can ask for the other three things. But those other three things aren't what you think. They're more, they're better. Look at the other three things in verse 11 through 15. What, is, what, are, what are the others? Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us as we, have, as we forgive others. And deliver us from the enemy. Three things. Now here's the focal point. Here's our needs. Guys, it's okay to talk about your needs to God. But here's the thing I need you to understand. So many of you guys are praying for the wrong thing. You're praying for the wrong things. I need you to understand this. Yes, I know. You, maybe it's your spouse or maybe it's your kids or maybe you're stressed and it's money and it's this and it's that. I know. I know, I know, I know. But these three things, you don't lose sight of these three things. These three things put all those other things in a proper perspective. What's the, give us this day our daily bread. Does it mean, God, I want to make sure I don't go hungry today. I appreciate it. Thank you. No. Okay. It is more than just actual food. And now that one is a lot of your needs. Like God, there's things that I need today. But you know what the number one thing you need is? The number one daily food. Give us this day our daily bread. It is the bread of life that Jesus talks about that is his word. See, when it comes to give us this day our daily bread, you know what you're praying for? Not just for physical food, you are praying for the spiritual food that you need to survive that day. You Listen, if you can go hungry and not eat food, but at least your soul is full, that's a big deal. You need to make sure you eat. You need to make sure your soul eats. A lot of us are very adamant that we physically eat and we let people know how we feel when we don't, right? You do. Listen, man, you need to feast. You need to eat every single day. So when you pray, Lord, give me this day, give us this day, the daily bread from heaven. May we be sustained by your words. Show us, guide us, guide us by your word, guide us with your truth. How many of us pray about that? Pray for that. That's important. You need to pray, God, I need your word to make decisions. I need you, your word. I need to understand you and to cherish this. I need you. Feed me. Show me. I can't figure this out alone, guys. I don't. I can't figure this out myself neither. This is you should pray. Give us this day, our spiritual daily bread. Not just the physical things that I need, but the spiritual things. What about the other one? That's God's word. Well, what about forgiveness? 
You need God's mercy there. Lord, forgive us of our sins as we forgive others. Ooh, did you catch that? Jesus is saying, um, you need to be forgiving people. That is, an that is an assumption. That is something, not a suggestion. You and I, as we ask God to forgive us, there's a, there's a weight on that in that there's an expectation that if we have been forgiven, we should be forgiving others. And he gives us his ability to do that. He gives us the ability to forgive others. But guys, don't lose sight of that. And, and what he's saying here, when you ask, when, as Christians, when you pray for forgiveness, you're not asking God to save you all over again, okay? You're not. It's, you're not asking you to save you all over again. What you're asking for is, Lord, here's the thing, because when you ask God to forgive you of your sins, he forgives all sins, past, present, and future. Anybody grateful that he did that? That's, bro, and the fact that he forgave sins that you didn't even know you were gonna do, and he already said, yeah, I'll forgive those. You don't even know, bro, you don't even know what you're about to do next week, but you know what, tell you what, I got you, forgive you already, I love you still. He knows those things and still forgives us. But when, as believers, when we ask God to forgive us, it's not so he can save us all over again. It's to say, Lord, there's still areas in my life, there's still thinking, habits, actions, vocals, things, I, I need to bring it in line. And so, Lord, I'm asking you, help me to kind of rein in, help me to learn. By the way, it comes from, okay, when you read God's word, feed me the daily bread that helps you to do those other things. And so, God, I need your mercy. I need your mercy. Have mercy on me because I'm making mistakes. I'm not perfect, but help me to love. Help me to do those things. We need to pray for the mercy of God in our life. And the other one, deliver us from the enemy. There's the grace of God as well. Give us the grace to deal and to react and respond and to live. Help me not to get lost, Lord, and to be distracted or, or anything. No, I want to pray for these things. Guys, how many of us pray with those six things in mind? How many of your prayers are focused on the glory of God, God's glory, God's purpose, God's plan, God's word, God's mercy, God's grace? That's Jesus' pray like this. A lot of times we just go, dear Jesus, and then we go right into it. That's why it's wrong. Our focus is wrong. Our actions, our thoughts of it is wrong. Ultimately, guys, prayer is, is about communication, all right? And any good relationship in the business world, in marriage and homes, guess what? Good relationships require healthy communication, doesn't it? Communication is key in any healthy relationship. Guys, so is the same situation with God. Communication, it, it, if you want to help, you want to grow in your faith, you got to talk to him. Oh, and by the way, uh, prayer is also listening. Prayer is not just you mouthing off. It's also listening. It's taking time to reflect. God, communication is key in any relationship, especially when it comes to God. God wants a sincere relationship with you. He doesn't want a superficial one. He doesn't want a superficial one. He wants a sincere one. So some of us, we need to stop praying with our customer service voice, all right? Anybody, look, some of y'all, y'all been here, y'all done this. We need to stop praying. Some of y'all need to pray, stop praying with customer service voice. Y'all know it. You've seen it, right? You ever been with somebody and there and you're with them and, and you, you already know if they know the person on the other side of the line, by the way, they say hello, right? And it's like, yeah, hello? Oh yeah, that person, he knows whoever that person is. Hello? But if that person already kind of ups the octave and, and changes their posture, Hello? You know, ooh, that person, he don't know that person. Already on that hello, don't you? And, and you have you ever locked in on customer service voice, right? I'm like, oh, hello? Oh, oh, hi. How are you? Oh, great, I'm thinking. How are you doing today? That's so, oh, that's amazing. Oh, that, no, no, really? Wow. Oh, my God. Okay, that we jump into customer service voice with people. Some of y'all do that same thing with God. I'm like, you kind of lock in. I'm like, okay, dear God, 
Thank you for, and you just jump in to your customer service voice. And yeah, listen, your kids know you're faking when you do that. And the same one, like you, um, right now you're like, <laughs> and two seconds ago, you were like, <laughs> I was like, bro, hold on. You ever seen somebody make a flip like that? That's scary. Girls, you're the best. The girls are the best at that. They'll flip that switch. Like, oh my, <laughs> what the heck just happened? I mean, where did that, where did that voice come from? I, I, could they talk to me like that? That'd be nice. Anyone ever had one of those? And so guys, listen, don't use your customer service voice when it comes to God. Thinking that you have to say something because you, you don't want to offend God or you don't want to look stupid in front of God, or look stupid in front of people. You're already looking stupid. I'm just telling you. Okay, in your attempt not to look dumb, you're looking dumb. In an attempt not to look stupid, you're looking stupid. Stop. God wants a sincere relationship with you, not a superficial one. So I want to challenge you guys, get away and pray every day and pray with joy. Pray with joy. I I said this about reading the Bible with joy. Apply it the same way when it comes to praying. When you, when you pray with joy, when I, I told you guys a couple weeks ago, if you've been following me, you read the Bible with joy. Meaning you focus on Jesus first, J-O-Y. Focus on Jesus. What does this tell me about Jesus? What does this tell me about him? All right, uh, cool. Then others. What does this tell me about how I need to view others? How do others matter? What do I need to look for, look at? And then yourself. What do I need to do? What do I need to believe towards God, towards others? How do I need to behave towards God, towards others? You put Jesus, you, others, and you. Pray in the same way. Notice how, what does Jesus start off with? Your prayer should be about him. So you start with J, focus on him. And then you focus on others as yourself. In fact, online, can we put up the wheel? I created a little prayer wheel to help you guys learn and make sure you're, you have every aspect of prayer as you're working on. And so there's something that if you go to our website, tabernaclegod.church, and you go to the message tab, you can download it there. So here you got, there's six elements that honestly, I took the Lord's prayer and broke it down in these six. And there's chunks here. Notice the dark blue, the dark ones are your focus on who Jesus is. You is that light one. And so when you pray, put more focus on God. And there's all these elements about adoration and confession and meditation. Intercession means you pray for other people. Petitions is what you need. Back to appreciation. Guys, I'm going to challenge you. If you don't know how to pray, use this wheel. If you just prayed each, each section for five minutes and you moved on to the next, before you know it, you would have prayed for 30 minutes. Some of y'all can't even pray for 30 seconds, let alone. Try that. Break that up. You can come back to me. Try that this week. I want you to practice that this week. And the reason why, it's not about being ritualistic. It's because there's elements of our prayer that we should be incorporating and using. And the better we are intentional about learning how to pray, now you can learn how to pray throughout the day because you're being intentional about growing. You're being intentional about doing it right. So that's just a tool to give you guys. But in the end, listen, the part of it is this. We all need to prioritize prayer more than anything else. Prayer should be our first. It is not our last. It's, I, I love the way it's said. Prayer is not our last line of defense. Prayer should not be the last thing that we do. Prayer should be our first action. Prayer is, should be first. What do I, if I got to make a decision, I'm praying about it. And if I'm feeling a kind of way, I'm praying about it. We ought to learn to bring everything to the foot of the cross, everything to Jesus, all things. It's not our last ditch effort. No, it should be the first thing that we do when we make decisions and do this and do that and seek. It should be prayer. And I don't want you to get lost in the most important thing. Guys, understand that prayer means God wants, again, I said this a minute ago, he wants to listen to your voice. Some of you guys hate your own voice. He wants to listen to yours. God wants to hear what's on your heart. He knows, but he just wants to hear it from you because he loves you. 
And he wants you to hear him. He wants you to hear him through his word and to learn to grow. He wants that. And do not lose sight of the fact that you and I have access to the secret place of prayer because of the sacrifice of Jesus. Guys, listen, this would not be possible if it wasn't for Christ. It would not be possible if it wasn't for the cross. Jesus is not just helping us. Look, here's what you're doing, by the way. He did everything for us to be able to know and enter into a place of prayer, the secret place we have access to because of the sacrifice of Jesus. We are able, don't lose sight of this neither. We are able to only address God as our father because the son of God gave his life for us. So that because when we put our trust and confidence in Jesus, we go from enemies of God to sons and daughters. Listen, you cannot address, you can call God father all day, but just because you call him dad doesn't mean he's your dad. Just because you say it doesn't mean it. The only ones who can claim, truly claim that are sinners who gave their life to Christ. People who recognize my great need is Jesus and I need him. And because of your sincere faith, God raised you to new life and now you have a new family. And now you not only can call him, but it's real. He actually is your father. We can do these things because of Jesus. If it wasn't for Jesus, guys, all of our prayers would hit the ceiling. Because none of us are good enough. None of us could say it right enough. None of us can come up. It, that's why it's, it doesn't matter. If you can't even save yourself, you, you can't even perform enough to save yourself. Guys, don't even worry about trying to perform in your prayers. It's not enough. He honestly just wants you. He wants you. And that's, that's all our response. He actually desires a relationship with. And God is waiting. He's waiting for you. So why would you rob him? If he wants this so much, why would you rob him of that? And if it's the one thing that you need the most is him, why would you rob yourself? Why would you rob yourself? Because the more you draw near to God in prayer, the more you're gonna wanna discover, you discover who he is, the more you're gonna desire him more. And the more you desire, the more you're gonna draw near. The more you draw near, the more you discover, the more you discover, the more you desire. And it's gonna go round and round and round. And if you're somebody here, listen, man, I'm on the floor. I, I, have, I want to, but I don't. I have zero desire. And I hate the fact that I have zero desire for God. And then draw near anyways, man, because when you draw near, you're going to discover. And as you discover, you're going to desire. And round and round and round it goes. So guys, the more you explore Christ, the more you will adore and see how wonderful he is. He has paved this way. It, the door is open. It's up to you if you're going to take that step forward. It's up to you if you're going to take the step forward. So do not remain silent. Believers in Christ... Listen, you prayed your sinner's prayer and you meant it, awesome. But you, do you know that you're supposed to pray more than just that? Don't remain silent. Talk to your father. He's waiting for you. And if some of you, listen, you've tried and you're exhausted because you don't know what else to do to get God to hear you. Well, congratulations, you've gotten to the point. It's not about you. It's never been about you. And the only way that you can be saved is when you ask God, save me. When you pray the prayer, save me. God can't answer a prayer that you don't pray. So pray it. Mean it. However it comes out, he'll answer it. I want to challenge you. Let's actually do that right now. Let's go ahead and I want you to pray. Let's all, re let's close our eyes. I want you to reflect right now and think, what has God been telling you? What has God been telling you so far today? Maybe for some of us, you've been realizing, wow, my, my prayers, my prayer time, I, I barely talk to God. 
Maybe, maybe that's the conviction that you're feeling. If you're a believer in Christ, maybe you're recognizing, yo, I, I don't spend enough quality time with God. I need to up that. Maybe you're starting to realize, I only pray about myself, and you're, you're feeling that conviction that you don't, you don't think about other people. It's only about you and all about you. Maybe you're feeling that conviction. I'm like, man, the only time I do pray is when I'm in public. And if I'm not in front of God, no, if I'm not in front of a crowd, I don't do it. Whatever it is, I want you to know that God sees it, God knows it, and God wants to remove all of those things. He says, I know, I've seen it all. This is why I had to die on the cross to forgive all of your sins, to help you to understand. And I've done it so that you can learn to be, to, to learn by my grace to walk and to draw near. So I love you still. I love you, even though I, maybe there's elements of your praying and elements of your life I don't love. I love you. And so draw near, give everything, lay it down. I want you to pray right now. I might be talking but you pray if God is leading you to pray do it say Lord forgive me of fill in the blank God help me forgive that Lord I maybe it's God's glory how many of us have not been praying for God's glory and his purpose and his plan for the world to happen for the salvation of the world God I pray that you may give and I'm praying this for me that you may give us a healthier heart a bigger heart expand our heart Lord beyond ourselves expand our heart Lord to have a heart for others for our family members our co-workers our city our state, our nation. Expand our hearts, Lord, to have the church, the global church on our heart, that we should be praying for the global church every single day, for the missionaries and the heroes that are out there, Lord, in places that we, we're not in. God, we pray for that. Expand our hearts for the unbelievers. Expand our hearts for those who don't know you. God, that you may be glorified, that you may be hallowed by them, that, Lord, that they may call on the name of Jesus too. Lord, we pray for your kingdom purposes in this world. I pray for your kingdom purposes in my church, in our church, in our families, in our lives. We pray these things. We surrender at the foot of the cross. And God, I just want to praise you and thank you that you have made this possible. Thank you, God, that you have made it possible for us to draw near. God, and if all we did, if prayer was nothing but just us getting to spend time with you and you never answered our prayers, it would be enough because we get to spend time with you because we get to spend time with you knowing that our future destination is not going to be separation and hell, but it will be eternally close to you because you have forgiven us of our sins. If prayer was just us spending time with you, that is more than enough reason for us to get up in the morning and to get away to pray because of what you've done for us on the cross, that you have been so merciful and loving towards stubborn people like us. God, thank you so much. Thank you, God, that you see us in a way that we don't even see ourselves, that we are incapable of seeing. God, I pray that we may surrender and give and do all these things, Lord, so that you, you may be glorified in our lives, that your kingdom may advance and not mine, my agenda. Lord, that your will be done, not my own. We lay it all at the foot of the cross. And God, we pray that you help us to walk with you every single day. And if you're not, if, if you're not a believer, whatever's coming out, man, if it's saying, Lord, help me. Lord, save me. Whatever it is, you call, you believe that Jesus is the son of God. You believe right now and confess and you pray that prayer. 100% guaranteed answer to pray. No matter, he's going to answer that prayer no matter who you are, what you've done, because that is the God that we're dealing with. That is the God that is dealing with you right now. And so God, we thank you. Thank you. Thank you for all that you do in this moment, Lord. We just want to spend it. Draw near right now. Take the next five minutes even more to spend it in your presence and be grateful because if it wasn't for the cross, if it wasn't for the grave, we would not have 
the open door to the secret room to spend with you, our Heavenly Father. And so we want to take a minute and worship you for that. In Jesus' name. Guys, we're going to do that. We're going to continue close today with communion. And so we're going to worship the fact that God is hearing us, hearing you and moving because of what he's done. And the church has been celebrating communion for a long time because it is the reason why, the reason why the door has been open because Jesus died on the cross and rose from the grave. So guys, I'm going to challenge you online. Get yourself ready. I want all of us here. Let's all stand up and you can come to the front. I'm going to ask you to maybe come to the front or come to the sides take some time. And I want you, as you're gathering, I still want you in a, in a, mo, in a moment of prayer. Let's be in a, in a worshipful moment right now, thanking God that you are drawing near. And if you've never, if you've confessed for the first time that Jesus is Lord of your, of your life, and I want you to come up and use this as an opportunity to say, I choose Jesus for the first time. I choose him. And so I want you to draw, I want you to draw near, get your communion cup. We're all going to do this together. And I want you to be in a heart of gratitude. Guys, you are taking steps today because Jesus took all the steps necessary to the cross. You are all drawing near to a table because Jesus walked all the way up a hill with a cross on his back and he took nails in his hand and his feet and crown of thorns on his head and a, and a whip to his back and a spear to his side so that you could take the steps that you're taking today, so that we take the steps that we're taking every day because of those steps that Christ took. Let's just take a moment. And just be worshiping right now for God. I want you to have that in your mind. Let's just worship God for those next few moments. Give him your undivided attention, guys. Give him your undivided attention and praise God that he is allowing you to stand and draw near to his presence. Lord, we come before you today because our ultimate, our ultimate need, God, is you. You are our ultimate need. You are what we need more and more and more of. And Lord, right now, be, before you, before we celebrate, Lord, this, we want to examine our hearts. And if God has been asking you, if, if you've already asked for forgiveness, great. But if God is bringing up anything right now, examine your hearts and saying, Lord, I want to receive this in a heart of gratitude. Examine your hearts. If there's any action, attitude, thing that you've done, Lord, forgive me for what I have done. Forgive me for my attitude towards my parents or spouse or coworkers. Forgive me for my actions or words. Wash me clean. Bring me, bring me in line right now, Lord, so that you may increase and I may decrease in Jesus' name. We take this bread, I want you to take it right now, whatever you're using for the physical, and I want you to hold it in your hand. The same way Jesus did this very same thing, and he said these words, this is not just a bread or a piece of substance, this is my body, and it is broken for you. His body would be broken on a cross because you and I broke every single commandment. We have broken our covenant with God because we've sinned. And he says, I know I didn't do it, you did, but because of that, I'm gonna take your place. I will receive the punishment that you deserve so that you can get the gift that you don't, salvation and love and restoration. And so I want you to hold that right now. Lord, we take this element, we take this physical element, and for everything that we have ever done with our bodies, Lord, every, every sin that we've committed with our hands, every path that we've ever walked with our feet, every wicked feeling that we've ever had in our, in our hearts, every, every burden that we've carried on our backs, every, every thought that we've ever had in our mind. God, you took the punishment on for yourself over all those things. And we're so grateful, Lord, because we, we could not have survived that. And so thank you for being gracious and loving and kind, Lord, that you gave yourself so that we could live. And Lord, we want to give you now 
praise and glory. Thank you for the mercy that you showed us on the cross. Thank you for the mercy that you showed us by dying for us and taking our place. And we eat this, thanking you with a heart full of gratitude for your mercy in Jesus' name. I want you to eat and just keep praising God for the mercy that God has extended to you. It is extending to you. Eat and enjoy your God. Jesus then took the cup of the liquid and he said, this is not just any liquid. This represents the blood of the covenant that I'm going to cut a new promise with the world and I'm going to do it with my blood. And it is a secure promise that it doesn't matter what is happening in the world. Nothing can conquer it. Nothing can reverse it. Nothing can change it. And he says, I am going to shed this for you. This is the grace of God that he gives us. It is by his blood, by his blood that we have the forgiveness of our sins, by his blood that we know that one day we're going to get to spend eternity with our God. And that promise is secure and the devil cannot reverse that. The devil cannot unborn us that have been born again. This is the promise and the hope that we have in Christ. In your hand right now, church, is not just a little cup of liquid. In your hand is a representation of the grace of God towards you. Everything that you need, everything that you need is in him and it is made fully available because that is the God that we worship. That is the God that we love. That is the God who loves you so extravagantly. And so I want you to hold that cup, which represents the promises of God. And as you drink it, you are saying, I believe and hold onto the promises of God. I want you to drink right now in worship and thank God for his grace in your life. Guys, let me challenge you to pray with joy once again. Now, I know I gave you that acronym, Pray With Joy, reminding you of just the structure, the order, the, the heart, the priority behind it all. Notice that, again, you goes last. It, and you is included because God does care about your needs. He does care about those things. But, again, we do not start with ourselves because God is not a love vending machine like we've been talking about. He is a Heavenly Father that desires for us to know Him. And when we prioritize Him first, we put Him first, we surrender, we repent, we submit like the way the Lord's prayer talks about. When we pray for the glory of God and God's word and his grace and mercy, when he is at the center of our prayers. He aligns our prayers and they become more effective because they are not now based on ourselves. Okay, remember being the kind of revolutionary that Jesus talks about is revolving your life around him, Christ at the center. And when you revolve your prayers at with Christ at the center, man, it's just different because the Holy Spirit helps you understand better and better how to pray when you submit and surrender rather than just kind of showing up to him with uh, here's a list of things that I need. No, those are really things that you want. What you need is what God has. And that's important. And so I want to encourage you to pray with joy with Jesus first, pray for others included, and then yourself. It's okay. But also just look at the adjective joy, the description joy, pray with joy, knowing that God is real. He does hear you. He does hear you. He does want to respond to you. He, remember, prayer is an interaction. It's, it's part of a communication with him. And listen, and if you want to understand how to better hear God's word or hear God's voice, pray according to the scriptures. Pray with the word of God. Pray the word of God. If you can't understand, if you can't decipher God's word inside of the pages of scripture, you're not going to figure it out through the, your feelings and emotions. 
questions, okay? That's how you understand to hear and better understand God's word. So pray with joy knowing that you have a God, a God who is real. And because of Jesus dying on the cross and raising from the dead, you actually can speak and have a connection with him.